Your instrument, the way you need to look at it is a language. Because whenever it stops to be about notes and chords, and it starts to be about just your heart, and you know exactly how to score Holy Spirit's heart, it's just this like infinite well. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Loop Community Podcast. My name is Matt McCoy. I'm the founder of Loop Community. We are passionate about providing worship leaders with quality and affordable resources to help your band sound great, but most of all, to help you sound like you and who God created you to sound like. I'm here with my co-host, Derek. How's it going, Derek? It's going great. Derek, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I was little, about eighth grade, I actually very much wanted to be the president. I thought the president of the United States. Yes, of the United States, whole thing, whole country. Um, Gerald R. Ford is from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and that's where I was from. And I had the idea that, you know what, maybe I could follow a similar route, go to the University of Michigan, just like he did, which is actually (laughs) where I ended up going, but for other reasons besides that. But in eighth grade, I kind of set out a plan. I became the president of my National Junior Honor Society Okay, and was like, all right, this is the first step to being the president. And yeah, that's what I wanted to be. Huge aspirations there. Yeah, pretty big. Illinois, um, I think, is what? Known for Abraham Lincoln? Abraham Lincoln, Barack and Obama. Barack Obama. Yep. And uh, who else? Chance the Rapper. <laughs> yeah, not on a presidential scale, but maybe someday. Michael Jordan, that guy from Space Jam. <laughs> oh, man. Or, you know, his six championships. <laughs> but yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, the expectations change a little bit. Yeah, what happened? How come you didn't become the president? <laughs> well, I got into high school and actually thought about it. I was like, that job seems terrible. It's so much pressure. Your yeah. family never your family never has any privacy and gave up on it after about of a year. But I like told everybody else, like, I'm gonna be the president. <laughs> like that's that's my goal. I would have voted for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you never know. Twenty twenty four, we'll see. No. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I yeah, your expectations change. God puts different things in your life. You realize that some things are a little too lofty. Yep. Um, I didn't want to go to law school. I didn't want to, I mean, that I didn't want to be in politics. I just thought it would be cool to be the president. So grew up a little bit, um, still went to Michigan, which was cool. And I think some of that came from right. Gerald R. Ford and that inspiration, but um, did some different things with my life. What did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I wanted to work for the FBI. Nice. I wanted to be an FBI agent. And uh, <clears throat> I actually wanted to do that until I was like 16 or 17. I could have made you my FBI director. Oh my gosh, you're right. In the world, great. this would have been perfect. <laughs> but yeah, so I was always uh, I was always leading worship. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when the FBI thing kind of didn't work out, I thought, well, I'll, you know, I'll be a worship leader. And that's what I want to do, just lead worship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I did that for a long time. I was on staff at a church for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. Had a full career in it, I feel like. Full-time worship leader. Right. And then, you know, things do change. And, uh, you know, Loop Community kind of started growing. And I kind of stepped more away from worship leading and more of building Loop Community. Yeah. And uh, I remember that being kind of a hard thing, though, because I was like, no, I was just wanted to lead worship. I don't want to be like running a business. Because mm-hmm. um, Loop Community just started out of a 
passion to help worship leaders. Actually, it was just out of a need. You know, as a worship leader, I knew I needed tracks. Right. And so I think the whole idea, though, of, you know, God kind of opens up different doors, closes different doors. Yeah. And, you know, how you kind of deal with that can go different ways for different people. Yeah, for sure. And that can be a challenging thing to navigate. So I think this is what's interesting about this interview with Jacob Suter mm-hmm. is that, you know, he kind of talks about how, you know, what he wanted to do changed over time, how God kind of, you know, opened up different doors for him and how he just trusted God and walked through those doors. So, Derek, if you end up being president, <laughs> you got my vote. All right. Just let me have a tour of the White House. Sounds good. Can we move the Luke Kennedy office into the White House? Yes. Into like some part of the West Wing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Perfect. Anyways, here's my interview with Jacob Suter. Jacob Suter, welcome to the Loop Community Podcast. So good to have you here, man. Ah, I'm so glad to be here in the comfort of my own home, but talking to you from the great state of Tennessee. That's awesome. Aren't the interwebs amazing? <laughs> so you and I go back, gosh, we how do. long now? 10 years? Yeah, I would say close to 10 years. I think we met in yeah. 2008 in Chicago. Yeah. And um, I remember having Monday night dinners at the Dunwoodies. Yep. And we would watch 24 we called it the Jack Bauer Power Hour. It was pretty amazing. I honestly, it was like my favorite like part of the whole week. Yeah, it was the way to start off the week for sure. Jack um, Bauer Power Hour. And then somehow it turned into Bachelor and Bachelorette <laughs> <laughs> sob yeah. hour. Yeah, or just feel weird about your life after. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. But I mean, those are good memories, man. I remember. Um, yeah. I think that's really how I first met you and Meredith. Yeah, and you were you were leading worship at the time. You were at a, a different church before we were both on staff at the same church, right? And, uh, and then God brought you on staff at the, the same place that we were at, and we got to serve in ministry together, and then got to see you birth uh, Luke Community and everything that you're doing there, and it's just been awesome. Crazy journey, man. Yeah. So I remember I I also really loved leading worship with you at the church, and. Uh, we got to lead worship together a few times, and you were always on keys, or I think at that time, you were always playing keyboard, yeah. but yeah, man, those were good times. Yeah. So what what are you doing now? What's uh, What does the life of Jacob Suter look like now? Well, uh, my wife and I uh, now live in Nashville, Tennessee, and we've been here about almost three years. We have three kids, seven, five, and three. And my wife, you know, is a worship artist and travels the country and does all that. That's Meredith Andrews, for those of you guys who are listening. Hey, what's cool is that she's actually uh, a voice in our app. Did you know that? No. Counts? Yeah. So in our our app, (laughs) it's awesome because you can actually choose Meredith Andrews as as a voice option. I didn't know that. And that, like, I'm just not going to tell her, but I'm going to make her voice the counts now for all of her shows and just let it surprise her. (laughs) She's definitely like our number one voice. Like, people always want to use her. So oh, it's pretty cool. That's amazing. So yeah, sorry, interrupted. You're with no, no, no. So yeah, uh, I'm a I'm a songwriter here for Essential Worship, which is a part of Provident, and uh, I'm a songwriter and a producer, and that's primarily what I do. I do play a lot of you know keys and programming on records, but really, just in the last year, year and a half, it's shifted to ninety to ninety five percent writing songs and making records and. A lot of that is in the worship world, you know, starting uh, kind of being way more intentional with film and TV and mainstream and pop. And that's that's something that's definitely on my heart to do. But yeah, I don't ever want to get away from worship. Right. Dude, it's awesome. Did you uh, 
Did you recently work on the Mac Brock album? So he, uh, we're kind of working on songs right now and releasing songs. And so Mac just signed with Capitol and he put out his first song as a solo artist, something that me and him and uh, Jonathan Smith wrote. And, uh, and then Mac and I co-produced it together. And it was just a lot of fun. It was cool because we had a week just to spend on one song which is kind of rare these days, but we got to be really intentional with what it says and how we wanted it to say it. So Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a killer song. What's some other stuff that you've that you've gotten to write on or produce? Well, um started producing and writing at Vertical Church, now Vertical Worship, and uh, you know, produced a lot of those records. Uh, you know, I've produced my wife, Meredith Andrews. Currently, uh, I'm working with uh Carrie Job and Cody Carnes on a song that came out of our church here in Nashville doing some live records with different churches here and uh actually going to start working on a new meredith album in about a month or two uh, i hope so, awesome man. yeah i love the christmas album oh yeah that yeah. came out this past that, year that turned out great there's a lot of pressure when it comes to christmas albums because you know you want to make a classic christmas album i know uh, and do you really but, get like uh, a second shot at it like can you, you don't. once you do one christmas album it's like can you do another one with the same songs i mean it have to be totally different right yeah and we kind of actually intentionally chose some more like, you know, there's not a ton of like, uh, you know, big ones that, that everybody knows. Yeah. So. It was awesome, man. Are you leading worship still? You know, I don't lead worship near as much as I did when I lived in Chicago. Every now and again, uh, I'll go out and lead worship by my myself somewhere. But with this new Meredith record, it's actually going to be a lot more of her and I singing together, kind of like both of us leading. And uh It'll be the first record where that's kind of really intentional. And so I think it's going to, you know, happen again. But yeah, it's been kind of cool just just uh, being a worshiper and not being on stage or just being the band leader and the keys player. And yeah, it's been a, a nice season of that. Dude, that would be awesome. I love in Spirit of the Living God when you guys are singing together. Uh, it's just like so powerful. Like, oh, uh, yeah. A friend of mine told me a story about uh, just in regards to that song. You know, it's really high for a guy. You you can't like halfway commit to that. But uh, this girl, this woman who's a bass player, was a bass player for David Bowie. I think it's Gail Ann Dorsey. I'm not quite sure of her name, but there was an interview where they talked about the fact that she gets to sing this duet with David Bowie under pressure that Freddie Mercury originally sang with David Bowie. And she was just talking about how amazing that was. And she made the uh, the commitment to herself she made this you know pact with herself that she was never going to sing it like it wasn't the last thing she would ever sing uh, maybe the better way to say it is she's going to sing it every time like it's the last thing she's ever going to do and uh i just thought that was really kind of convicting and i was like i think that's how i want to approach singing that part of spirit in the living god and yeah it sounds like that it's awesome man. yeah it's so it's so powerful yeah so can you just like give us a little bit of a background of like, what is your story, your journey of even getting into worship music? Yeah. You know, I grew up going to church. It really wouldn't become a relationship, you know, until I got into college. But even so, I had kind of Holy Spirit encounters, kind of, you know, first time I went to, you know, a summer camp, this, this centrifuge thing in Florida, I remember having this Holy Spirit encounter, and I just remember calling home and just saying, I think I'm going to do music with my life. And at the time, my parents were like, well, we'll see. You're in seventh grade. Uh, but it's funny, you know, because like Holy Spirit was, you know, dead on. You know, I grew up playing sports and grew up playing music, and they were always kind of competing with one another. But in high school, I started to get asked to play 
keys in worship bands. And, you know, there was a worship band in my hometown called the Servant Singers. And I was playing keys to playing, you know, pads and, and all that kind of stuff. And this would have been in the mid to late 90s. And uh, that was kind of my first introduction. Then whenever I got into college and gave my life to the Lord, I became a part of this band in college that was uh, attached to a church. And we led worship every Wednesday and every Sunday. And then we would travel and do youth conferences on Friday and Saturday. And uh, that was really kind of my first experience with kind of like being a part of a band that travels a little bit. And so uh, after college, I actually went on staff at that church in Jackson, Mississippi. I was going to school in Jackson, Mississippi and led worship and ran their college ministry as a worship leader for about a year and a half. And then I had no clue why, but I felt like Holy Spirit was saying it's time to go to Nashville. I didn't have anything in Nashville. You know, I had a job in Jackson, Mississippi. I was doing music. I was leading worship. But I started meeting with this guy who was an elder in our church, and we started meeting once a week and praying. He's like, I just feel like you're supposed to go to Nashville. And so December of 2006, I moved back home to Louisiana, where I'm from, and I worked for a month, and uh, I was going to try and get some startup cash to go live in Nashville and maybe like wait tables or something, live in an apartment, and just kind of see what doors open for me for music. Before I ever actually made it to Nashville, I randomly got an email from a friend who uh, was dating someone in Nashville, and she said, uh, Jeremy Camp is having auditions for a keyboard player, and the auditions are on Monday. I can get you in to audition if you want. And so I was like, great. So I drove to Jackson that weekend and practiced in Jackson. You know, I still had a lot of friends there, and on Sunday, the day before the auditions, the band leader for Jeremy called me and said, we're going to cancel auditions and move them to April. Uh, we'd love for you to come back and audition in April. Well, I was already three hours you know, away from home in Jackson, only six hours from Nashville. And so I called him and I said, hey, I'm kind of almost to Nashville. What if we just meet up for coffee? So I kept driving that Sunday, drove up to Nashville, had coffee with uh, Randy, Jeremy's band leader, and then I drove back home. That week, I was back painting fences for my uncle. And about Wednesday, I got a call from Randy, the band leader for Jeremy, and he said that something had happened between the guy that they were hiring to play keys at the last minute, and it kind of fell through, and they needed a keyboard player, and I was the only guy that they met with. So he said, show up Friday, have the songs learned, and don't screw up. And so I showed up and uh, had rehearsal on Friday, and then by Saturday, I was playing Winter Jam with this you know, headlining artist that I'd never met before. And it was this kind of perfect fit uh, because, you know, Jeremy's really intentional with, um, you know, his band feeling like family and it feeling like, you know, uh, a family unit. We, we spend time in the Word together. We spend time together praying. And it was really the best introduction to being in the music industry that you could want. And uh, about four months into that, uh, Meredith was in Nashville kind of courting some labels. She got invited to a show, and we met and fell in love. We're married within a year. And then I left the road, and I went on staff at Harvest Bible Chapel up in Chicago. And that's kind of where the songwriting and the producing began, and we started to build Vertical Church, now Vertical Worship. And Yeah. It's pretty awesome. And now you're back in Nashville. And now I'm back in Nashville, yeah, where it's not... The frozen tundra of the world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you never can predict, you know, when you start just following God's lead, like you have no idea, like 10 steps down, what's going to happen, where God's going to bring you, what doors God's going to open up for you just out of being obedient. 
Yeah. And it sounds like that's, that's kind of what happened with you. And, and just the more it happens, the more it happens, you know, it kind of makes those seasons where it feels like nothing's happening or no, no doors are opening. It makes it just a little bit easier just knowing, well, if I look back on my life, there was a season of waiting and then there was a season of just like rapid growth and rapid, you know, yeah. acceleration. So, yeah. What would you tell like a musician or a worship leader who has these dreams in their heart, you know, maybe feels like it's like what God's telling them to do, but maybe doors don't seem to be opening or... Yeah, it's it's a hard thing because the advice that you should follow is just be faithful where you're planted and let that cup overflow and don't try and go somewhere else until that cup overflows. And if it's not overflowing, A, maybe you haven't waited long enough, or B, maybe you're not doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing. You know, I've seen people who were trying so hard in the music industry or trying so hard in one one type of industry and it just wasn't happening. And they finally just kind of like got real real with the Lord saying, is this what I want or is this what you want? And then they changed path and, and God started blessing them elsewhere. It's a hard thing because a lot of times we, we associate what we do and what we're called to with our identity, you know. And um, when I moved to Nashville, I'd come from a church in Chicago where I was leading worship every weekend. And, you know, coming here and just writing songs and making records, I kind of was like, but I'm a worship leader. And God really had to go to town on my heart and be like, no, you're my son. That's who you are. And those are just some of the things that I kind of call you to. So, right. Yeah. Hey, keyboard players and music producers. Have you ever tried to find a specific piano, pad, or synth sound for a song? Well, we've made it easier than ever to find the exact sounds for the songs you love. Loop Community offers patches and presets for a variety of music software, such as Mainstage, Omnisphere, Ableton, Reason, and more. You can buy patches individually or in bundle collections that our producers have created. To get started, search for a song at loopcommunity.com. On the song page, click the patch button to see recommended patches for that song. We have patches for strings, pads, bass, leads, arpeggiators, organ, and more. Visit loopcommunity.com and discover your sound today. It's interesting because I think that like, like how do you keep your heart just tender still? Guys who are maybe on full-time staff at a church and maybe they feel this pressure, like there's almost like this pressure to like perform well. And like, you know, you've got the lights and the stage and maybe everybody's trying to sound like Hillsong or sound like, you know, these great worship records. But how do you keep like the tenderness, like the tenderness to the Lord just to want to worship and not get sucked into like the industry or trying to be someone else or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's a lot tugging at people now. Totally. And the thing that I would communicate to a guy who's, you know, like if God was calling me away from uh, writing songs and making records here in Nashville to being on staff at a church again, the two things that I would have to communicate to leadership that are my non-negotiables are A, family time. I know that like there's a lot of demands, especially in busy seasons like Christmas or Easter, but like I'm going to set some pretty hard boundaries with the time that I spend with my family. And then the second thing is, especially for guys who are leading worship or uh, a part of that creative process, you really have to protect your inspiration. And if you're working so hard and so busy to the point that like there's no time for you to get alone with the Lord or to get out in nature or to get somewhere where you're inspired, 
Those would be the two things that I would want to like protect the most because that's when you're going to like see your greatest output. You know, if you look at the quality versus the quantity, I mean, if you run yourself ragged working X number of hours a week, but the amount of time that you've been inspired by something that like Holy Spirit said to you or gotten out into nature or whatever it is that's your, your well that you draw from when it comes to inspiration, when you operate in a place of rest and you operate in a place of inspiration, your output's going to be a lot more quality. Wow, that's good, man. Yeah. I was going to ask you, you know, when you're producing, working on a record, you know, I know that like writers have writer's block. Yeah. You know, but I'm curious, like from a producer standpoint, you know, coming up with like synth parts and keyboard parts, what is it that you do to stay inspired? How do you just sit and come up with these like incredible parts? Well, when it comes to playing, piano especially, keys especially, any instrument, whatever it is that you're playing, your goal isn't to be a certain level. If you're thinking about your instrument as, well, if I can play this, or I'm this technical, or I'm able to do this, your instrument, the way you need to look at it is a language. How fluent am I in this language? Because whenever it stops to be about notes and chords, and it starts to be about just your heart is actually coming through on the strings or on the notes, and you know exactly how to score your own heart, and you know exactly how to score Holy Spirit's heart, God the Father's Mm. heart, it's just this like infinite well. Like, I'll be honest, I don't get writer's block. I I can't think of one time where I've sat down at the piano and just been disgusted that I couldn't come up with anything. Because, you know, and it's it's all to the glory of the Lord, but he's allowed me to get to a place where I don't think of it anymore as, as notes or letters or numbers. It's colors, it's emotions, it's thoughts. And so, you know, a lot of times, though, what I get in trouble with is I know that I'm a piano guy before I'm a guitar guy or before anything else. And sometimes I'll, I'll be like, well, my first instinct is always piano. Maybe this should be guitar. And I'll get myself in trouble because we feel like we need to be new and and. You know, the truth of the fact is, is that when I'm on the piano, I'm inspired. And if that's where my inspiration comes from, and that's how I connect with the heart of God, then that's what it needs to be. The only way that you get that is by spending a lot of time with your instrument alone with the Lord. When you start like bringing stuff to Him and then bringing your instrument with you, you know, like uh, everything from like confession of sin to rejoicing to just having a broken heart. When you start to bring that into a room by yourself with the Lord and you bring your instrument into it and then you take that back out and let that minister to people, that's whenever you start to play prophetically and things start to get kind of crazy when you play. That's so awesome. Yeah. And you can definitely hear that on the on the stuff you do mm-hmm. on your work. Thanks. Pretty incredible. Do you have any favorite gear or plugins that you like that you'd recommend <laughs> to to worship keyboard players? I mean this is a deep dark hole I'm sure but <laughs> Yeah. I have a pad that is a moratorium meaning the software that I got it from, they don't make it anymore. And it stopped working back with like Snow Leopard. And so I sampled it into Contact and I sampled it into my Nord. And it's kind of like, you know, I'm from Louisiana, so I'm Cajun. And like, you know, we make a roux before we make gumbo. A roux is kind of like the <laughs> sauce that you kind of right, make yeah. all these dishes from. And when it comes to pads, that's like my roux. I start there. So uh, that's kind of like my own little secret hidden thing, which God's really been convicting me about. He's like, why should it be secret? Why don't you just give it to everyone? I think I am. But uh, I have a Juno, uh, Roland Juno, you know, 106. There's the Juno 6, Juno 60, Juno 106, Juno, you know, a couple different of the old school analog ones. I have one that's modded. And for right now, you know, kind of in this season where 
synths are back and and big epic you know synths are kind of in it's a go-to and i have samples i have a, a juno plug-in and they're great but man nothing beats the real thing um i have this really weird little synth um uh, it's a radio shack synth from 1980 1981 and uh a lot of people think it's you know not great because it's a radio shack synth but the truth of the matter is bob moog designed it and so it's essentially a moog uh rogue or a moog prodigy i forget which one but it has a little bit of polyphony which is really weird for a, a moog most of those are monophonic yeah. um and that little dude is bad to the bone if you want like you know kind of like dirty leads or big huge bases that guy is awesome and it's cool too because it's pre-midi so right. if you want to play it you have to play it or you sample it and then make an yeah. instrument out of it but yeah that's cool man did you yeah. did you know that uh moog is actually from chicago i did not know that so i was at a party a couple yeah. months ago and across the room there was a guy with a name tag i keep trying to can't remember his first name but it, his name ended in moog and i walked over to him i'm like hey are you related to like moog synthesizers and he's yeah. like yeah that was my dad that's crazy that's amazing um uh, i th- you know uh, so there's a guy named tom brooks who's a producer uh, back in the uh, 80s and 90s and i think he actually produced the first iteration of shot to the lord like amazing we're all standing on his shoulders but wow. he has a model d in his studio model d mini d i can't there's, there's so many like new versions of that but essentially like the classic moog he bought it from moog whenever moog was just working out of his barn and so it's like a real, you know, you couldn't get more fresh than that. I just think that's an amazing piece of gear. But one other piece of gear, I have this baritone guitar, and I don't know what it is, but it really speaks to me. I think I remember when you bought that. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I actually have it right sitting by me. I know nobody can probably see this, but it's, it's a Telecaster baritone, which is cool. There's something about it that's just uh, very that's beautiful. beautiful to me. Yeah. Right. So. On another note, is there any worship music or a song, maybe an album or a song that like when you listen to it right now, it like really just brings you, like you just feel really close to God when you hear it, like really brings you into the presence of God, like every time you turn it on? I really like Corey Asbury's Endless Alleluia. That's on his new record. I really like old school Jason Upton. Every time I listen to that, it just takes me there. Um, There's a keyboard player too. Yeah. And you know. It's like somebody plucked uh, an amazing vocalist from like your favorite 80s hair metal band. He's just got, <laughs> to me, he's got that voice and, and yep. turned him into a worship leader. And I've never met that guy, but man, do I, I really love the way that, it, that he just kind of lets, you know, Holy Spirit lead. Right. Yeah. I mean, those two really kind of, yeah. I know there's a, there's a lot of producers on Loop Community who really look up to you and, you know, just as like paving the way with new sounds and the worship sound and... What are, is there any place you would point people if they wanted to like hear your music or get in contact with you or? Oh, I mean, uh, most of the time when somebody reaches out to me on Instagram, I send them back a message. A lot of times it's like, you have three messages that I didn't even know about and they're like from months yeah. ago. But most of the time, if I catch it, I'll, I'll, I'll reply back or, or Facebook. So you're on the social medias? I am on the, the interwebs and the social medias. Cool. Yeah, but like on my Instagram account, it's, it's kind of, funny but i kind of view that as almost like a sonic diary and uh i do a lot of videos where you know let's say i'm working on something and something happens that's not right for the song but it's awesome you know 
I'll just record it and just kind of video it and put it up there. And then I'll just look back over the last couple of years and just see what was inspiring me then, what's inspiring me now. So, yeah. I saw on our site recently, somebody was commenting on greater things. Yeah. And they were like, where do we get the keyboard sounds for this? And someone else commented, they're like, Jacob Suter, he's the beast in all caps. (laughs) (laughs) So like... I don't know, man. It's cool to have you on here just because I know a lot of guys are looking up to you and, you know, as a songwriter and producer. And I knew I'd hit you up. You're a good friend of mine. Mary and I have always appreciated our times with you and Meredith, too. Oh, yeah. And and to those guys, like, uh, I would say this, you know, the only reason why I have any type of, like, experience or knowledge is because somebody shared it with me. And when it comes to sounds and when it comes to creating, I think a lot of times we want to sound like someone else. But the more that you like just develop your sound, the more that you develop the things that you like, the the sound that you can never beat is authenticity. No matter what genre music that you're playing, authenticity is the thing that will translate more than anything else. And you can spot it across all genres. That is an authentic song. That is an authentic sound. And, uh, you know, I think exploring what what really inspires you is the way to go and for me it just so happens to be 80 cents because that's what i grew up with but yeah so good man it's been good to have you on here thank you for giving your time and for sharing your heart oh man i i just i love you to death and i I believe in everything that you're doing and, and i really appreciate it thanks man yeah Hey community, our featured producer for the month of May is Judd Moss. Judd lives in Savannah, Georgia, and he has been in music ministry for 16 years. Judd has produced over 100 tracks that are available on Loop Community. He even did a producer session for us last month that you can check out on our Facebook page. Let's hear from him now. Hey Loop Community, this is Judd. just want to say that uh, Loop Community has meant uh, the world to me. It has helped us with our our sound, our music at church. It's helped me grow as a worship leader and a musician. And just want to thank you guys so much for what you do and for what you do for the kingdom uh, especially. Thanks again. Thanks, Judd. Now let's listen to the track Judd created for Children of God by Phil Wickham. This is Community Talk. All right, come on, man. What an awesome interview. What did you think of that? Did anything stick out to you? Yeah, it was great. Jacob talked a lot about being faithful where you're planted. Right. And working at what God has given you. Right. And not having these crazy expectations, maybe. Or even if you do, don't be upset about what might not seem fruitful at first. Work hard at it. Totally. It's so easy to, like, spiral into this, like, you know, peering over the fence and seeing, like, oh, my neighbor's grass looks so much better. Right. But, you know, and the thing is, is the truth is that sometimes the grass is greener on the other side, but it's only because you're spending so much time peering over the fence that you're letting your own grass die. Right. You're You're not even like, 
yeah, you're not taking care of your own grass that God's given you, which I think is really kind of what Jacob's talking about. Just be mm-hmm. faithful with what God's given. You know, there's worship leaders who are maybe on staff at a church of 100 people, and sometimes they're just always talking about, well, how do I somehow grow my influence? How do I get on a bigger stage? Right. How do I get more people? And it's like, well, wait, don't forget about the 100 people that God has given you responsibility of shepherding and leading and uh, that that's maybe what God wants you to do right now. Yeah. And he talked about how not letting something that might not seem fruitful at first, well, maybe that's because it's not God, what God wants. It's what you want. And you might not be looking at it right. He said he really wanted to just be a worship leader. He didn't want right. to song right. He didn't want to produce. Went away from that at first and then realized, well, maybe God doesn't want me to be on stage every Sunday. Maybe he wants me to be behind the scenes and yep. write and not play keys every time yep. I want to. Right. Um, and now he's really successful in that. Oh, yeah. He's honestly like <laughs> one of the most creative people I've ever met. Yeah. And a musical genius, honestly. Like when you sit in a room with him, like I've had the privilege of many times just sitting in a room when he's just like playing keys, just like in his own world. And the stuff he's coming out with is just like so amazing. Like he's an incredible songwriter, incredible producer. I would like love to have him produce like some of my own music. Like <laughs> yeah. that would be so incredible. Um, Jacob, if you're listening, let's talk. <laughs> But it is cool because he's he is a gifted worship leader mm-hmm. and a gifted songwriter and producer. And what's cool is that like I feel like he, you know, had this like inspiration to be like, all right, I'm gonna produce more albums. And so he took the steps that he needed to do that. You know, he right. packed up and moved to Nashville, which is not moving is not easy. No. And so, you know, taking the steps, you know, to that, to listen to God, to be like, you know, what God, what is it you have for me? And I feel like it's pretty obvious that God's like opening up so many doors for him. Yeah. Definitely. In that regard. So, yeah, being faithful where you're planted, just listening to God and, like, following after what he's got for you. and Right. Your identity f- is in God, not in yeah. what you're doing. Totally. Um, but do it for God. You know, I remember back when Loop Community was really growing and taking off. I mean, all I really wanted to be was just a worship leader. I never wanted to be a businessman, you know, running a business. And I remember as Loop Community was growing larger and larger, around, like, year four— my worship leading kind of started taking a back seat and I actually ended up leading worship less because Loop Community was just so busy. And I remember feeling even just kind of depressed by that. Like, God, like what in the world? Like, this isn't even what I like really wanted to do. Like I want to be leading worship. How am I, you know, running this business? And, um, I remember thinking, I just, I had to come to a place of contentment and realization of like, you know what? I need to just be faithful and focused in on what God has given me and what I should be, you know, um, planted in and focused on working on. And that, you know, maybe I'm not up on stage leading worship, but I am, through Loop Community, I'm helping other worship leaders lead worship. You know, I might be sitting behind a computer keyboard um, instead of a keyboard on stage, you know. And uh, so just being faithful and committed to what God has given you now. And what's cool is that even as as time went on, you know, in the past couple of years, God's actually opened up the worship leading door for me a lot. And I'm leading worship now more than I ever have. Um, and so it's almost like God just being like, hey, you know what? Just be faithful in what I'm giving you and I'll take care of the rest. And uh, hopefully that's encouraging to other worship leaders out there who have dreams and maybe right now what they're doing doesn't maybe look exactly like what they thought it would be. Yeah. You know, it can be challenging, but it's yeah. If it's what God wants and you're doing it with him, just yeah. keep 
working at it and praying that you can be fruitful in what you do. Right. Yeah. Take care of the people that God has you leading right now. Stop worrying about what the other guy down the street's doing, mm -hmm. the other guy on Instagram or whatever. Like, just take care of what God's given you now. I feel like there's parables about that that yeah. Jesus tells, you know? And uh, anyways, it's a good reminder for us all. For sure. Derek, we're wearing the same hat. We are. That's pretty That's, cool. It's pretty cool. Everyone should have one. Where did we get these hats? I feel like on some place called Loop Community. Someone hooked us up with a free hat. They did. These are pretty cool. These are at the Loop Community shop. And hey, if you're listening to this podcast, send us an email to podcast at loopcommunity.com and tell us why you think you should have a free hat. Do it. And we'll, maybe we'll pick one or two people to send a hat to. Great idea. But thanks for joining us. Till next time. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Loop Community Podcast. Go subscribe.